Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Welcome in the Sports Call on this Tuesday afternoon on Tiger 95.9, the Tiger.fm, and the Tiger Communications app. My name is Ryan Lavoy, and I've got Brant Daughtry and Tom Peavy with me. Tom will be joining us in just a little bit. He'll have to get here pretty quickly, though, because we have a very short show today, only a one-hour edition of Sports Call today as we start our trek through the high school baseball and softball season Uh high school baseball about halfway through their season right now and as we start to get uh, a little bit more availability here with our stations we start to cover some high school baseball so you will hear tim sin and brooks childress on the call of Borgard high school baseball starting right around 4 15 or 4 20 so that means we only have a one hour show today so we will get right to it we will have birthdays and sports in just a little bit nightly tv guide still at the end and uh, we will have a lot of talk still about the ncaa tournament about the brackets is a large same crew from yesterday so we kind of just extend what we talked about uh, on yesterday's show maybe go through a few of these brackets and again just a one-hour show we still welcome phone calls on the auburn bank phone line at 334-887-3401 locally or toll free one triple eight nine tiger nine but because it's a one-hour show just got to keep them short and sweet uh if you do want to give us a ring today brant how are you doing sir i'm fantastic man uh really excited that we're getting these high school uh sports broadcasts back underway i believe we have our first miss station broadcast next week uh going to Beauregard today uh is Brooks Childress and excited to hear Tim Sin's voice uh again for the first time in a while since uh since the basketball season so really excited for that and yeah like you said just more recap of the NCAA tournament I'm sure we'll look at the bracket the bracket as a larger whole uh and also a lot of NFL free agency stuff going on a lot going on uh with that right now obviously the big story is what the heck is Aaron Rodgers gonna do and I wish we could figure it out already but you know uh he's holding out and trying to figure out what his next move is and uh, I think there's a very funny possibility to happen to the Jets here that we'll get into later but uh, yeah all all that's going great and there's a lot to talk to a lot to talk about in a really short amount of time to get into it so let's get right to it uh, as we work towards um, a a week of sports call it's going to be a little different each day again tomorrow we'll bring in town name Tuesday but on, on a wacky Wednesday. Uh, Thursday, we will have a little bit of a shortened show leading up to the NCAA tournament game for Auburn and Iowa. That's going to be a 5 o'clock airtime on FM Talk 93.9, so we'll get off the air in time for you to hear that at 5. Uh, and then Friday, we might have a late start due to Auburn softball. So just kind of a little different to each and every day on Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show this week. But uh, talking some NFL free agency, just to piggyback off what Brant brought up, because we've yet to talk about this. We've yet to even talk about Lamar from last week and and, and his wants there and going into free agency. But free agency, the this was the – beginning of the legal tampering period technically these deals are not finalized until i think either wednesday or thursday but every professional league has a couple of days of 
here's that let the agents and GMs get together and, and start to consummate these deals. And so we've seen uh, a lot of player movement. The Falcons have started to use uh, a lot of their uh, second place cap space. I think the sixty or so million dollars that they had, yeah, something like that. Um, and, and they've started to use some of that these these last twenty four hours. Uh, as Brant has alluded to, we'll, we're still eagerly awaiting the Aaron Rodgers decision. He's provided the Jets with a wish list of 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 once he's basically awesome. he's basically saying yeah jets i know you stink but i kind of want out of green bay so make it happen and then i'll request the trade uh i guess we start there what what is what are your thoughts on a guy look rogers is an elite quarterback obviously but what are your thoughts on a guy that's not on a team that's basically demanding that team do this and this for me and then We'll work on a trade. I won't sign with you. I can't do that. Then we'll work on a trade to, to get me over to, to you guys. I think it shows just how valuable the quarterback position is in the NFL. And look, Aaron Rodgers, you touched on it, is one of the best quarterbacks ever. I think for, for my money, he is the most talented quarterback of all time, just from a, a pure ability standpoint. Obviously, you've got guys who have more wins and more rings and, and more things like that, but just pure ability Aaron Rodgers is, has got to be up there for my money but it, the wish list he has provided for the Jets Randall Cobb Alan Lazard uh, Mercedes Lewis and Odell Beckham Jr which is just a really weird list of weapons that some of those guys are a little bit old some of them have underproduced and Odell Beckham who hasn't played in a year but I mean if you want Aaron Rodgers those are the guys you got to get and the Jets already have uh, they've already signed Randall Cobb and Mercedes Lewis haven't they I, they, they signed at least that. one of them uh, but and they were in talks for I think it was either I think they were in talks for Randall Cobb so they're absolutely going after this but man the Aaron Rodgers Aaron Rodgers went from just like a really good quarterback who mostly kept his head down and played really good football to just just a weird guy over the past couple of years it's been strange to watch him go from just kind of the the grinder in Green Bay to uh, the, the whole I'm not vaccinated but I'm inoculated thing the darkness retreat and i i don't know there's a lot going on his I, I think he was on the joe rogan podcast which weird stuff always happens on the joe rogan podcast it was it's it's a lot it's a lot going on with aaron Rodgers. uh per selfishly falcons signed jesse bates made him the fourth highest paid safety of all time which is awesome because the falcons have been under two really bad contracts for a while between matt ryan and julio jones so to finally have some some free money and be able to spend it on a really good young player like Jesse Bates, uh, that, that was really fun to see. And it was like the first free agent deal that went down when this quote-unquote legal tampering period opened. Yeah, I was I was researching to make sure Schefter uh, said that they were the Jets were closing in on a deal for Alan Lazard and were expected to have Cobb on the radar, and that was prior to the reporting that, okay. that they were – uh, that was the wish list. So I don't think those deals were finalized, but I think they're well within talks. The thing it also can do is it, it kind of drives up the value of those guys with the Jets because now you can ask for a little bit more because you know that you're kind of tied to Aaron Rodgers, yeah. and if they want the big prize, they've got to maybe they got to make sure you're a part of it. So it kind of helps their leverage in, in that particular situation. You can't overdo it because then the Jets just might back all the way out. But uh, that is going to be a storyline that we have to – continue to follow involving one of the game's great quarterbacks and uh, could really make the Jets into a contender. They've got the defense. They had an awful offense, and, and he <laughs> would fix that uh, pretty quickly. 
Uh, as you mentioned, uh, the Atlanta Falcons have been busy these last two days. We are the proud affiliate of the Atlanta Falcons. You can hear them right here on Tiger 95.9 throughout the NFL season. Jesse Bates with a, a, a nice contract. The Bengals actually lost both their starting safeties uh, yesterday. I, I, I think Von Bell went to the Panthers, I want to say. I think they lost them both to the NFC South. But, yeah, Atlanta uh, signing uh, Chris Lindstrom to a uh, long-term deal. Yeah. Uh, Taylor Heineke to kind of – I don't want to say back up like Ritter's just the chosen starter, but I think at least compete with maybe the idea he might end up being the backup. Uh, to Ritter, what do, you, what do you make of the the Falcons' last 24 hours? Yeah, you definitely needed another quarterback because you've let go of Marcus Mariota. That was just a marriage that never worked, uh, despite Arthur Smith's best efforts. I, I think – you're, you're absolutely right. Desmond Ritter is not the chosen guy, but he is your expected starter next year. This next season, the Falcons finally have money. They have a good offense. They have, they, they've got really good offensive pieces. I think you need another wide receiver to kind of be that wide receiver two to Drake London. By the way, uh, former Auburn wide receiver Darius Slayton is a name that I've seen connected with the Falcons. Would absolutely love that uh, if if the Giants decide to not re-sign him or if the Falcons decide to, to pay him more than, than the Giants would. I'd absolutely love to see another wide receiver, whoever it is. But if this next, this upcoming next season is all about Desmond Ritter for the offense, because if Desmond Ritter is the guy, he is now going to have every opportunity to show it. And if you can't, you bring in Taylor Heineke, a guy who has proven that he can be the quarterback of a team that goes over 500. If you put good enough pieces around him, the defense is still iffy. They're going to address a lot of that in the draft, I'm sure. And then post-draft free agency, I'm sure they'll plug in a couple more pieces, but for the offense, this year is all about quarterback. And if if Desmond Ritter is the guy, great, you've got your guy. If he's not, you can bring in a backup in Taylor Heineke, and next season is when you really go after a big-name quarterback like perhaps Lamar Jackson. Yeah, interesting that uh, with all that cap space not going after him, I guess, this year, maybe because of the, the right to match by Baltimore. But there's also the possibility if there is a long-term deal that gets worked out, then he's not on the market. I think, though – and one one thirty one twelve second thing, and then I'll get back to Lamar and the Falcons. Uh, do also want to bring up yesterday? You, you mentioned Darius Slayton, uh, Jamel Dean, former Auburn Tiger, four years, fifty two million to uh, be retained by Tampa Bay. So nice. he's still the Carlton Davis Jamel Dean duo in the Tampa defensive backfield. But uh, to Atlanta and, and to Lamar Jackson, that that has been such a big talking point for. Uh, the last week, and I, I'm not going to spend the vast amount of time I could on it because I do have a long spiel prepared. We'll but, get to it. But uh, that's for another day. But I think that um, this thing has always been so interesting because there's been this clear divide on what Lamar believes he's worth and what the general managers, really the entire NFL, believe he's worth. And there's been a lot of weird reporting on how much was – uh, he turned down guaranteed uh, the fact that he's his kind of his own agent. Uh, and, and there are a lot of oddities to this. And it's made it really unpredictable how it's going to play out because you had all these teams be so public in the manner of not pursuing him. And it's so far 24 hours in, it's playing out that way. Uh, but at the same time, you know, this is a quarterback that can change the dynamic of a franchise. But also the the other layer to it is this is a guy that has missed five or six games the last two years, each of the last two years, not just total, each of the last two years. And there's valid concerns. I, I think both parties are valid in what they're asking and thinking for here. Um, 
and it's one of those situations where again it makes it hard to figure out because I don't think I don't think they're going to wake up one day and say oh I was wrong. I think both parties can be right at the same time here because Lamar can look at what Deshaun Watson got and think well surely I can get that. Yeah. But then Baltimore can look at it and say well they sh- Cleveland should not have done that and we don't think that 200 million guarantee should be given to a guy that we worry long-term durability wise will will be in the lineup every game for us because he's he he has shown how impactful he is when he's there but then by missing games the last two years he kind of ended their season so i think i get i don't know i I, i'm gonna shut up now not go too much (laughs) deeper into it but there's a lot of layers to this i think it's far more complex than what some people are making it out to be definitely you know there's a lot of cries of collusion which definitely I think is a possibility I don't know if that's happening but I mean look you've got a 26 year old guy who's already won an MVP award he's a quarterback and you need great quarterbacks to win in the NFL and this guy this guy's the best runner of the football in the NFL and I don't I don't mean for quarterbacks I mean overall when he has the ball in his hands he is the most dangerous player in the National Football League and I mean, teams are teams just immediately come out and no, we're not going to trade for him. All you got to give up is two firsts, and I don't care how I don't care how much you value your first round draft picks. No draft pick is worth more than a guy who's already proven in the NFL and a guy who's only 26. So I understand the cries of collusion, but also to your point, he has missed a couple of games over the past couple of years. He is a quarterback who relies on his legs a lot, and he's already 26. And those guys just don't really age as well. Now, I think he's a much better passer of the football than he's been given credit for. I think he can just be a passer of the football and have a lot of success. But part of what makes him dangerous is that he can run the ball. And like I said, he's already 26, which is not that old, but it is old for an NFL runner. So I can kind of see it from both sides. I think Lamar Jackson is worth more than he's going to end up getting paid. And I have to wonder if... If he had an agent, if he had somebody in his ear who had been doing this for a while and said, hey, man, I know what this looks like. I know what you can get. I know I've I've seen this before. Then I, I wonder I wonder if he would be because he's already because it's been reported that he turned down two hundred and thirty million dollars fully guaranteed over three years. It's already been reported that he has said no to that. But he has said he never received that offer. So I I don't there's a lot of layers to this. There's a lot of layers to this and I just hope at the end of the day he becomes a Falcon. Well <laughs> well well there is a certain um, intricacy to being an agent. You know, we we talk about agents usually in a negative context as we're saying, how this guy robbed this school, he got millions of dollars more yeah. on his contract and look at this huge buyout and all that. But agents are really a high stakes salesman. They are selling their client, usually a player, sometimes a coach to an organization of why they're worth all that money they're asking for. They're, they're high-stakes salesmen. And when Lamar doesn't have someone very trained in doing that, uh, used to getting people to overpay or, or pay a lot for the uh, his type of service, then that makes it a little bit harder because GMs are used to hearing these pitches and, 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 and figuring out, very tough particulars the nfl salary cap gets way way more convoluted when you start to talk about void and stretching and and reworking restructuring all that there are still intricacies to the salary cap and and way ways that you get your bonus and your guaranteed money there can be more complexities and so to your point there at the end i wonder that you know if it would be any different 
uh, if, if he did have an agent. That that makes it uh, that adds another layer to it that I you know look it'd be up for debate, but it, it's certainly possible that has played a role too. Um, and, and so it, it really has just been a a very interesting situation. We will we'll have more comments on it in a later show as we go throughout the NFL offseason, finalize some of these deals, and, and see where he ultimately ends up. But uh, for the sake of time, we will go ahead and take our first time out of the show day when we come back. Birthdays in sports. Again, just a one-hour edition of Sports Call today. Stay tuned. More in just a minute. We need a timeout. Sports Call will be back after this quick break. This is Philip Lolly, former Auburn Tigers football assistant coach for the 2010 National Championship team, and you are listening to Sports Call. Welcome back to Sports Call. Tiger 95.9. Ryan the Boy, Brent Daughtry with you right now. Again, very short sports call today. Just a one-hour show on the docket. Borgard High School baseball coming up in just under an hour now. With that, let's get to today's birthdays in sports. It's time for today's birthdays in sports. Birthdays in sports today presented by Max Credit Union with two convenient locations to serve you. One location on Gay Street in Auburn, the other on Frederick Road in Opelika. The Max Credit Union help you with all of your banking needs. Steph Curry turns 35 today, guard for the Golden State Warriors. Curry was born in Ohio while his father was playing for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Curry played high school basketball in the state of North Carolina and played college basketball at Davidson. Two-time SoCon Player of the Year, one-time All-American and scoring leader, led the Wildcats to three NCAA tournament appearances, including an Elite Eight run as a sophomore. His number 30 is the only number retired by Davidson. In 2009, he was taken seventh overall by the Warriors, where he has played ever since. Now regarded as the greatest shooter of all time, nine-time All-Star, seven-time All-NBA, two-time NBA scoring leader, two-time MVP, including the only unanimous MVP in the history of the league, four-times final champ, one-time finals MVP, holds the NBA record for most three-pointers in both a career and a season. I fell in love with him at Davidson. He is my favorite professional (laughs) athlete. Stephen Curry turns 35 today. He is darn good. Simone Biles turns 26 today, Olympic gymnast. Biles was born in Ohio and began gymnastics at an early age. She signed a letter of intent to perform at UCLA, but instead went pro in 2015. Made the U.S. Olympic team in 2016 and won gold medals in vault, floor, and all around, as well as bronze and beam. Her performance helped the U.S. team with the gold medal as well. In 2020, she won a silver in the team in bronze on the beam. Uh, In world championship competition, she won 19 gold medals, three silvers, and three bronzes. Simone Biles turns 26 today. Ron Dane turns 45. Former NFL running back Dane was born in New Jersey, where he excelled as running back despite being 270 pounds. Big boy. Won state championships in multiple events in track and field, breaking state records in the process. Played college football at Wisconsin, where he set several NCAA records over his four years, including a rushing total of 6,397. He is an All-American Big Ten Player of the Year, Rose Bowl MVP, and 1999 
Uh, winner of the Jim Brown Trophy, Dope Walker, Walter Campbell, uh, Walter Camp, excuse me, Maxwell Heisman Trophies, won them all. His number 33 is retired by Wisconsin. He's a member of the College Football Hall of Fame. In 2000, he was taken 11th overall by the Giants. Ron Dane turns 45 today. And then Marvin Bagley III turns 24. Four for the Detroit Pistons. Bagley was born in Arizona and played high, uh, high school basketball in California. Number one player in the class by most services in 2017 and, of course, played college basketball at Duke. In 2018, is one season at Duke. He was ACC Player of the Year and All-American. He was selected second overall by the Kings in 2019. First team All-Rookie. And in 2022, he was traded to the Pistons. Marvin Bagley III turns 24 today. And also a very happy birthday to Mr. Tim Sin, the voice of the Beauregard Hornets. You will hear him coming up in just under an hour with Brooks Childress out at Beauregard High School. We appreciate Tim for his uh, love of the Hornets, uh, how often he's able to go out and, and do high school football, basketball, and baseball for us. We are very appreciative of what Tim does. Uh, Mr. Tim Sin has a birthday today, and we wish him a very happy birthday. Genuinely one of the nicest dudes that I've met since I started working in radio. Uh, loved him. And uh, glad that we get to hear him uh, on this station in just about 30 minutes. Very much so. Loved him, and uh, you're right, one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. So happy birthday to Tim. Those are the birthdays in sports presented by Max Credit Union. We need to take our next time out of the show. Back with more Sports Call right after this. has been on the air since 1995. Now, back to the multi-time Abbey Award-winning sports call. Welcome back to Sports Call on this Tuesday. Ryan LaVoy, Brand Daughtry with you here. Again, very short show. We will get right to the point as we are getting off there at 3.59 today. So, or just a couple minutes before, I guess we're getting off around four o'clock, and so let's go back to our let's go to our Auburn Bank phone line for the first time today three three four eight eight seven three four zero one locally or toll free one triple eight nine Tiger nine. First up on the show, Ward Dam Steve. Retired Ward Dam Steve joins us, and Steve, as you just heard, just a one hour show, so we'll have to keep it much briefer today. Okay, I only get one hour then. Thank you. All right, yeah, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Good afternoon, guys. Okay, lightning round stuff. Um, you know, this kind of stuff that, you know, I hope our fans uh, will not ever participate in. And uh, I, I'm, I'm sure the majority of, hopefully, uh, Alabama fans, because uh, I've been reading on Twitter about this, but uh, this comes from John Talty to have over the weekend. And I just said, wow, you know, really people are wearing these kind of shirts? And I don't know if you guys know, but two guys apparently were wearing, uh, I guess, uh, made something for them. It says, killing our way. To the SEC in 23, and John Talty, who's a sports writer, uh, apparently approached uh, one of the gentlemen wearing the shirt, and they told him to get the f out of my face. You guys read about that, right? Yeah, I believe I believe a lot of people have. Yes, we we saw that. Yeah, and I'm I'm surprised they even got into the uh, venue to the tournament, the SEC, because of the SEC tournament. Uh, people said they wouldn't be allowed to come back in. How'd they get in to begin with? Who knows, right? Yeah, I, I don't know. Yep. Okay. Uh, moving on, guys. How about this one? You know, I never cease to be amazed 
what happens to people who do bad things and, gee, uh, programs go ahead and hire them. But uh, this comes from Barrett Sally. I just saw it this morning. McNeese is suspending Will Wade two days after his introductory press conference. He said it's wild. Apparently he's been suspended for the first five games of next season. You guys read that? Yeah, that was a pre-planned agreement. That was in the contract that they uh, would go ahead and suspend him, I guess, trying to stay away from Iyer from the NCAA. And also he could not recruit off campus until uh, July 31st. So is that considered to be an admission of guilt for the NCAA? Uh, I mean, I, I think in a way, yes, because obviously Will Wade has uh, an incredible amount of baggage, and uh, I, if that's still ongoing with the NCAA, they obviously don't, you know, they hired him before any show cause or anything like that could happen, so they're trying to self-impose a little something to make sure nothing uh, drastic is handed down to them. All right, next quickly. Uh, how about this from the spun today? Chris Holtman, who is apparently the uh, Ohio State's men basketball head coach, wants a college basketball rule to be reevaluated. Have you read that article? I have not. Apparently he's rather miffed. Uh, apparently, uh, maybe not just once, but anyway, during uh, their uh, game in which they uh, got beat uh, by Purdue, um, he's apparently a little miffed with uh, their center, Zach Eddy. He says he's been guilty of violating the three-second rule multiple times during the uh, Boilermakers Saturday uh, win, I'm sorry, yeah, over Ohio State. And he, his coach said, listen, I was on the officials the entire game. I really do think that needs to be reevaluated, whether or not you keep the rule of the rule book, because if it's not going to be enforced, why is it, in fact, in the rule book? Guys, your quick thoughts about this uh, three-second, because I don't see it uh, being called very often. I agree. I, I think it can be arbitrary at times. Uh, I, I think that uh, it is one of those – there's not as many in college basketball. It's one of those things that – you know, in some some football games, they'll uh, say in the NFL they'll start to throw illegal contact foul uh, flags, and then sometimes uh, they'll they'll let stuff like that go. And it, it kind of is up to each refereeing crew how closely they enforce that. So uh, certainly, Edie does live down there as a big guy and does not stretch the floor. Uh, so you know, it would not shock me if he's getting away with some three second uh, calls that that should be called, but. Uh, I still think the rule needs to be there. They just need to enforce it more accurately. So it's pretty inconsistent then. I do think it's inconsistent, yes. All right. uh, The baseball team is playing today uh, on TV, uh, ESPNU, I believe, right? Uh, Against Georgia Tech. Yeah. I'll double-check the station, but yes, on uh, on TV. I just saw it. Any any, uh, comments, guys, about uh, how good is Georgia Tech or not uh, as an opponent? Yeah, they're okay. Uh, They are... Probably a team that can make the NCAA tournament, although I uh, – by the way, that's actually SEC Network is what I'm seeing for TV tonight. Uh, okay. Yeah, SEC Network. But, um, you know, that's a team that can can make the tournament. I don't think they're ranked at the moment, though, so they that probably puts them below half the SEC. But, of course, in one game anything can happen, and we'll see, uh, we'll see if Auburn uses some of their best arms tonight. Any status update on the injuries for our baseball players? Uh, not that I'm aware of. Obviously, they would not pitch Joseph Gonzalez in a midweek game, so we really won't know about that till they get to the weekend. But uh, I, I have not seen much on the baseball team today. Okay, just real quickly, uh, just my opinion of whatever's not worth. Uh, when I was living in Opelika and attending eight-day games, which is started back in 2006 until 2016, you know, I was attending eight-day games were one dollar. 
and then it went, I think, to $2, then to $5. Now I've just seen, got an email from Auburn Sports uh, that they're now going to be charging $10 to 10 an eight-day game. And I thought that meant really $10 for an eight-day game. Um, guys, do you think I'm maybe being overreacting, or is that a little cheap on Auburn Sports' uh, side? Uh, I, I honestly don't have an opinion of it. Um, I, I understand that uh, that's more of an argument against the principle of raising the rate because obviously ten dollars is, is not a lot. Um, yeah, again, I, I, I really don't have a, a strong stance on it. I know that that that's kind of keeping up with the time, so I understand that uh, people might be a little frustrated that it keeps going up, but also, I mean, that's just kind of how the, the world's been working. So I, I don't have a strong stance. Okay, I guess I'm old school. You know, it used to be just fun going. It was just a dollar, said fine. It's just an eight-day game, same a game. But uh, I guess that's uh, how inflation uh, is going. Then all right, so that's all I got, guys. Uh, thank you very much for taking my uh, time. I appreciate the time you allowed me. So uh, until tomorrow, you guys have a Safe, relaxing afternoon, and uh, War Eagle, guys. War Eagle, Steve. Appreciate you calling in. That's Retired Word Am Steve on the Auburn Bank phone line. Again, if you're just joining us, we only have a, uh, a few more minutes, to be quite honest, bet- between the time we take all of our breaks and that sort of thing. Uh, do want to talk a little bit about the, the bracket again. We will have Justin Ferguson on to, to help us talk about that. We'll also talk some spring ball tomorrow. Um, and so a lot going on as Steve uh, referenced Auburn baseball coming up tonight against Georgia Tech. Auburn softball off during the midweek. They've got a big uh, tournament of games out in OKC this weekend. But as far as the brackets, again, we want to remind you that you can join our sports call group. Uh, it's Sports Call 2023 Bracket on ESPN. Uh, we're already getting uh, a handful or two of submissions. I, I think you have till Thursday when the when the first game starts to to join in there. Uh, we'd love to, to have you. Uh, there is not uh, a formal prize for it, but still uh, healthy competition. Uh, the motto is we're still here to beat JJ. Uh, we always are. And uh, I know, uh, Brant, you put your bracket in for that now. I have. Uh, I have put my bracket in there. You're just going to be flabbergasted to know that that UAB AU forever is me. Uh, <laughs> that's uh, I know that's a shocking one. Um, I love so, it. So we're excited about uh, another tournament challenge year there. Uh, real quickly, Brant, before we go to our last break of the show, as you're filling out the bracket now that we've, we've got a little, I guess, a post-game interview, uh, was there something that gave you particular trouble that you were not expecting? So not not that, uh, oh, I, I, I didn't know how far I'd advance one of these one seeds or something like that, but like, did you go to a matchup and all of a sudden you're just like, man, this is a good game. I don't know. I did not see myself putting Duke in the Final Four, but uh-huh. as, I, as I ran through, I do have Duke in my Final Four. My Final Four is Virginia, Duke, Houston, and UCLA, so I have a 1-2 and a 4-5. Uh, I, I, Duke has been on a run a lot lately. Yes. Virginia, I know they're always good. I actually have them beating Duke in the Final Four. Wow. Houston, Houston over UCLA and uh, Houston as my national champion is is my pick. And again, I'm probably going to be very wrong because usually p- people are. But uh, yeah, this, just as I went through Duke, I ended up going a lot further than I thought I would put Duke. Duke has been really hot. Uh, it's been very annoying. And uh, <laughs> they have taken – my stance is I'm not going to go through all who I picked. We'll kind of save that for either Wednesday or Thursday as we start to get the tournament going. And there is first four tonight, by the way. I should mention that. Uh, a couple of NCAA tournament games do start tonight on True TV. But uh, when I was 
going through things, I found it interesting, and I kind of lump Duke and Gonzaga in here, that those two teams have been – look, Gonzaga's a three. It's not a bad seed. But Duke and Gonzaga have predominantly been higher seeds than what they are this year. And they've usually had the inverse effect. So they go in as a one or a two seed, and they've got this pressure of living up to that. But this year, they're going in as a little bit worse seeds than they normally are. and they're But they're playing their best basketball of the entire season going into that. Duke just won, won like nine in a row, just won the ACC tournament, and Gonzaga's won a bunch in a row. Their couple of WCC slip-ups that happen annually happened in the first half of the WCC season have not happened recently. So I, I feel that both those teams, they're obviously the big brands, and they have – won a lot of games, Duke's won championships, Gonzaga has not yet, but those teams are kind of looking at it through a little different lens this year. They're really good teams, but they were not good for the entirety of the season, and so I I feel as if they uh, have kind of... uh, have a new perspective and can now not necessarily play this gigantic overdog role. They can look at it more from a underdog perspective. A five seed's not supposed to make the final four. You know, I mean, objectively speaking, there are four other seeds in their bracket that would be more destined to make it than than Duke would be. But I'm with you. I think Duke's making a big run. Uh, before we go to our next timeout, we're now very pleased to be joined in the studio. Uh, if we can get situated here uh, by Mr. Tom Peavy as he works on the microphone here. Uh, and uh, Tom, uh, welcome to the show. We've only got like 10 minutes left, but yeah. uh, thanks for uh, arriving here. Yeah, uh, dentist appointment today, so I uh, had to go and get that taken care of, but I raced over here so I could at least come on with you guys for a little bit before we got out of here. So I, I asked Brant the question uh, before you got in here, just what about – first off, have you filled off a, my, filled out a bracket? My yet? bracket is in. Okay. so I have Arizona winning the title. I, well, you didn't have to go there. We're going to do <laughs> well, a lot of that tomorrow. Well, I but, know. But so well, Brant said his. When, so. you, when you filled out the listening. bracket, <laughs> when you filled out the bracket, what surprised you about uh, how the bracket went for you as you filled it out? Uh, it, you know, honestly, the thing that surprised me, I guess, Well, it surprised me, but it didn't surprise me, is that there's just not a dominant team right now. Um, I I think there's so many questions. And so I I filled my first bracket out, and then when I got to the end, I was like, I have Miami sitting here. And I was like, I need to go back and figure out how – how did that happen? How did I end up with Miami, or what? What were the matchups look like that made me have Miami right here at the end? So, I went back and I adjusted some things because I don't think I, in my heart of hearts, I don't think Miami is a Final Four team. Right. But I kind of go through those and I just kind of go with what I'm seeing, just kind of gut feeling, and I'm like, how how did that happen? And so I go back and I kind of think harder about some things. So that that's what's surprising is there's so many of these that really could go either way um i know i know you mentioned houston well you know they have to play potentially have to play auburn in birmingham which is basically going to be a a home game for auburn if auburn advances past iowa that's going to be a very difficult matchup for houston to to get past auburn there so there's just so many questions uh you just don't know uh, you've you've got some teams that are playing super hot right now, and you've got some teams that are just not playing very well that still may make a little bit of a run. 
Do either of you recall the biggest upset you picked in the bracket? Uh, I had, your head. I, I had, and this is me kind of going with my heart. I have Alabama losing to West Virginia in the round of thirty-two. Ah, uh, all right. Um, I I know I always pick some upsets. I've got Charleston winning two. Okay. Mm-hmm. I had them winning one. They're, so they're dangerous. They had, they, are. they had, what, 32 wins this year, something yeah. like that? Charles, Charles so is very dangerous. I, I beating think San Diego State and then beating, I guess, Virginia Furman. Is that the – It may have been. Yeah, because that's in Alabama's region, right. I believe. Yeah. So, yeah, I think I, – I think I, I usually try to go with a Cinderella because every year there is one of those that pops up. And I, I think Charleston seems like that dangerous team right now that could be that. And – uh so I, I know I've got them winning two. Uh, I probably put another upset in there somewhere that I just I can't think off the top sure. of my head. I, I don't know that I had a, a number one going out in the first round or anything no. like that. I think that I don't think I had uh, a one sixteen, two fifteen, or a three fourteen. I had two thirteens and two twelves winning, right. um, and I'll, I'll have to double check things and we'll go through it in more detail. Uh, either tomorrow and, and Thursday a little bit. We do need to take our final timeout of this shortened edition of Sports Call. When we come back, we'll start to wrap things up and a nightly TV guide. Stay tuned. The remainder of the show coming up right after this. attention please ladies and gentlemen can i please have your attention we're auburn's first and auburn's favorite sports talk show hi my name is what my name is my name is sports call on tiger 95.9 now back to auburn's first and auburn's favorite sports talk show sports call Welcome back to Sports Call on this Tuesday. Ryan LaVoy, Brant Daughtry, and Tom Peavy here. Just two or three minutes left in the show. Again, Borgard High School Baseball coming up around 4.15. That's why we're getting off air very early. Tomorrow's show will be a lot of fun. Justin Ferguson will join us. We'll also have uh, a, um, even though it's on a Wednesday, a town name Tuesday, which we'll just call it right off also as a Wacky Wednesday at the same time. Town name Wacky Wednesday. Town name Wacky Wednesday. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm still going to keep the uh, the states on the down low uh, so that we can't do a little research beforehand. Uh, but that'll be a lot of fun tomorrow towards the end of the show. So that will return. Uh, first four coming up tonight, uh, Southeastern Missouri State, Texas A&M Corpus Christi. That's in the uh, 16C that will play Alabama, the winner of that. Then Pittsburgh, Mississippi State. Uh, Could be a good n- game. The nightcap. Yeah, I was about to say, I, you know, I think this one uh, will be pretty watched amongst SEC country with an SEC team uh, in there. Did you have any of these first four? Obviously not the 16 seeds, but either Pitt, Mississippi State today or Nevada, Arizona State. Did you have either one of them making a, a little run? We've seen that a couple of times in the NCAA tournament with like UCLA right. making a Final Four and Syracuse going deep uh, one year. Alright, so I did two brackets yesterday and so I can't remember which one, but in one of them I had Pitt winning this game against, Penn, uh, against Mississippi State and then winning their next one, uh, but then getting knocked out. So not a, not a deep run, but uh, at least a, a win against Mississippi State and a play-in and then winning the next one. So I did do that. 
Mississippi State is favored by two tonight. Uh, I know Tolu Smith is going to have a lot to do with that one. Start to figure out maybe if the ACC was a little undervalued or if they were ranked just right. Hey, if they're undervalued, maybe that Miami sneaky sneaky goes a little deep. Probably not Final Four deep yeah, where we have them. Yeah, but, but, yeah, well, if that happens, yeah. I'm going to definitely kick my – figure <laughs> out a way to kick myself in the in my own butt. But, now, I mean, like I said, when I got there to the finals and I still had Miami, I'm like, what in the world? Like, How did – What? The U? Is Ray Lewis coming out of that? Well, and what and, and ultimately what it was is it, it which I guess it set up, I think there was an upset that I picked that then right. would have laid the course for Miami. And so I think I went back and I was like, all right, let's change that. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, just a minute or so left in the show now. Uh, let's go ahead and do a, a quick nightly TV guide presented by White Claw Hard Seltzer. No music today, but 4.30, we don't usually get to do this. Murder on the Orient Express on FXM. So if you want a little daytime movie, there you go. Uh, you've got the college basketball first four tonight, 5.40 for Southeastern Missouri State and Texas A&M Corpus Christi. That one is on True TV. 6 o'clock, National Hockey League, the Washington Capitals, New York Rangers, and the NIT starts up tonight, 6 o'clock, Toledo at Michigan on ESPN. Two. I'll throw a bonus one not on the TV guide. UAB hosts Southern Miss 6:30 on ESPN Plus. Watch Shelly Walker play basketball if you have ESPN Plus. Six o'clock on the SEC Network is Auburn baseball taking on Georgia Tech, and then the nightcap again 8:10 on True TV Pittsburgh and Mississippi State NCAA tournament. Technically, the madness is here. It is here uh, with that first four starting tonight. That will do it for this very short sports call today. Tom, thank you for rushing over here. Yeah, we'll man. have a more complete showing tomorrow, but thank you for being yeah, here. Absolutely. Looking forward to tomorrow. And, uh, Brant, thank you for being here as well. We'll see you a little bit later on in the week. Thank you for having me. And, of course, we thank all those who tuned in and called in, as always. For Brant Daughtry and Tom Peavy, my name is Ryan LaVoy. Enjoy the beginning of the NCAA tournament tonight, and we'll talk to you tomorrow.